0: Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao, alongside Mo Patton. Guys, how we doing? What's up, Mo?
1: Better than I deserve.
0: Oh, dear God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
0: I wasn't ready for that.
1: Yeah. 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 Yesterday was the agony and the ecstasy, you know?
0: There's no question it was agony at times, but most definitely some ecstasy at the end of the day as the Atlanta Braves even up the National League Division Series with the Phillies. Man, what a a trying, trying evening it was.
1: Snatching victory from the jaws of defeat.
0: Yeah, no question. You know, it was crazy. was (laughs) I was was asked on a number of occasions, why are you so sad? And so I had to explain that, like, this wasn't just a regular game.
1: Well, I wasn't asked why. Well, I I was kind of asked why I was so sad, because the thought from the person that was asking me was, you know, they're going to come back. And I'm like, "No, no, I don't know that." No, I don't know I mean, that based, at all.
0: Yeah, <laughs> based on on the last time we we were down like this, we did not come back in back.
1: I don't know that. Yeah, but at least somebody in the room did. So
0: Well, and and kudos to them for knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Ha. <sighs> that being said, plenty to talk about today including that one and mm-hmm. The other one, mm-hmm. and and two more that are happening today.
1: Yeah, I've spoken to someone today who is not happy about the other one of which I you bet. speak, by the way.
0: I yeah. bet. I bet he was very upset. Oof. And he is upset. Remains mm-hmm. to be upset. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're we're going to talk about uh, obviously some baseball postseason. We've got uh, Chip Walters going to talk about tonight's MTSU Law Tech game, and as long as Coach Insel doesn't. You know, hop
1: in. Jump into Zoom all of a
0: sudden. I think, I think we should mess with, with Chip and do that. We should send, we should send the link to, uh, to, to Rick and just have him jump on right at the same time. That'd <laughs> be so great.
1: Only if we never want Chip to come on again.
0: <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, Chip's going to join us. He's got a big one tonight over at Johnny Red Floyd Stadium as they take on the Bulldogs of La Tech. Mm, mm, We'll also mm. talk about the other games in Conference USA a little bit as well. Jack State obviously taking on Liberty for what basically is the top spot in Conference USA standings, despite Jacksonville State being ineligible to win a conference championship. So there's that. The
1: people's champ.
0: That's right, baby. The people's champ. We'll take it if we can get it. But Yeah, so uh, we'll also talk with, of course, Terry McCormick. He'll he'll be at 3 o'clock to talk a little bit about Titans, but we're going to get a little lengthy conversation about not only the Titans, but other AFC South teams with Ben Arthur in the next segment, so stick around for that as we talk AFC South. It's going to be a lot of fun. All of that, and of course, it's Top 5 Tuesday, and after last night, it's going to be hard not to talk about uh, Top 5 catches in sports history, and of course, there are three that come off the top of your head. So be interested to see how many.
2: Is it uh, just baseball or no, all sports? No, sports? Catches.
0: Yeah. So we'll be interested to see how many uh, Titans catches make Justin's list.
3: <laughs>
2: Could be so. close to five.
0: <laughs> Probably. So we'll we'll get to that as well. But all of that, much much more. Right now, we're gonna get you yesterday's results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown.
1: High school volleyball action on Monday of area interest. It was Summertown defeating Huntington three 0 in the Region Six A semifinals. Followed by a Host Loretto 3-0 win over Madison Academic. And in the championship, it was Loretto sweeping the Lady Eagles 3-0. Girls soccer yesterday, Cookville blanked Smyrna 1-0. It was Macon County 8, Greenbrier nothing. And Watertown with a 6-5 victory over Stone Memorial. Major League Baseball postseason action, specifically the NLDS, Diamondbacks with a 2-0 win over the host Dodgers. Arizona leads that series 2-0 going back to Phoenix. And, as we mentioned and will mention again, the Atlanta Braves with a comeback 5-4 victory over the Phillies to even that series at one apiece as they head north. Monday night football action. It was the Las Vegas Raiders 17, the Green Bay Packers 13.
0: Volleyball action today. Region Tournament Play starts. Region three, Class A at Sail Creek. Forest is at Sail Creek at four. At 530, it's Eaglewood and Bledsoe County, the championship to follow. At Region Four, Class A at Gordonsville, Westmoreland is at Gordonsville at 430. East Robertson takes on York Institute at 6 and the Championship to follow. 5A at Harpeth. Waverly and Harpeth at 4. Camden and Merrill Hyde at 5.30, championship at 7. Class 2A or AA, region four is at Upperman. And Murfreesboro Central will take on Stone Memorial to start that one. Community will take on the host Lady Bees at 5.30, championship to follow. Region five, AA, at White House Heritage. It's Martin Luther King at White House Heritage at 4.30. Valor Collegiate takes on Liberty Creek at 6, championship to follow. Region 6, AA at Creekwood. The hosts will take on Jackson Southside at 4.30, Lexington at Sycamore after that one, and the championship to follow.
1: In Region 4, AAA at Cookville, it's Siegel and the host Lady Cavaliers at 3.30, followed by Oakland and Lebanon at 5.30, the championship at 7.30. Region 5, AAA is at Lawrence County. Nolansville Nolensville and Lincoln County at 4, followed by the Lady Bruins of Brentwood and the Lady Wildcats of Lawrence County at 530. That championship is at 7 or thereabouts. Region 6 AAA is at Lawson. Gallatin facing <laughs> the Lady Lightning? That's probably just the Lightning. Probably just the Lightning um, at 430. At 6, it's Green Hill and Hillsboro. And uh, the championship is at 7.30. Clarksville hosting Region 7 Triple A. Lady Wildcats taking on Dixon County at 4.30, followed by Clarksville Northwest and Rossview at 6. That championship is at 7.30. In Division 2A State Tournament first round action, you've got Lakeway Christian, playing Good Pasture, Middle Tennessee Christian playing Tips and Rosemark, and Boy Buchanan playing Donaldson Christian. Don't ask us where, we don't know. Division two AA first-round action is St. Mary's at
0: Innsworth. Knox no, Catholic. it's just, these are, none of these have, TSSAA sports.com does not have uh, sites camps? for any of the D- Division two A or AA.
1: That's, that's unfortunate. is yeah. Again, St. Mary's and in Ensworth, Knoxville Catholic and Harpeth Hall, Father Ryan in and Knoxville Webb, and
0: Briarcrest and
1: Lipscomb Academy. Are
0: they podium. very well could all be the right hand side. Could all be the hosts. But I just don't. We don't, I didn't, we, we don't didn't say that. We don't know. Yeah. So. If anybody knows, let us know. Sure. Sure. Girls' soccer action. We do know where these are going to be played. Franklin Christian will be at St. Cecilia at five o'clock. At six o'clock, it's Brentwood hosting Independence, and Page at home against Summit at 6.30. Columbia that Central. game at – hold up. Oh, stop,
1: stop. That Summit-Page game is at 7, I believe.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. 6 Mountain Time. <laughs> Columbia's at Spring Hill at 6.30, and I'll have coverage for you. Make sure to follow me on the, the Twitterverse.
1: As uh, as we look for something other than a 2-2
0: draw. Yeah. Uh, are we sure Summit's playing Page? I don't know. I guess – Hmm. They are uh, Frank, I'm uh, sorry, Rockville is at Siegel at seven and Providence Christian takes on Nashville Christian at some point at Nashville Christian. College football action, Louisiana Tech and Mid- Middle Tennessee State. That's on CBS Sports Network at six on ESPNU. Jacksonville State hosts Liberty at 630 and also at 630 on ESPN2. Sunbelt action, Coastal Carolina is at Appalachian State. Major League Baseball Game Three ALDS action: The Astros are at the Twins. It's a 3:07 first pitch on Fox, and they just flipped up the numbers a little bit. And at 7:30, put them into a put them in a box in a box and pull them out. 7:30 on Fox is the Orioles and Rangers, and the Predators open their season at 4:30 this afternoon on the ESPN down in Tampa Bay. Okay, stop,
1: stop, stop, stop. Okay, what's well, up? Let's go back to girls' soccer for just a second. Okay. All right. Five o'clock at Cheek Park, Ravenwood and Brentwood. These, oh. these, This is in District um, 10 AAA, I believe. Um,
0: gotcha.
1: Yeah, Ravenwood-Brentwood at 5, Franklin Page at 7 at Cheek Park near the campus of Franklin High School. So disregard that Summit Page game.
0: And that Independence
1: Brentwood game. I don't know where those came from.
0: I I don't either. All right. Well, there you go. Cheek Park has the region tournament. No, the district 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 semifinals. District, region, I I don't know. Anyway, that's your rundown. It is. Top Stories brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly in neely's mill shopping center over here in columbia glad to have them on board as of course we have delicious daily lunch specials fresh hand cut meats fresh produce and vegetables it's all cost plus 10 at the register. go see them check them out right now the top story is mo Football has calmed down in the conference realignment world. Hmm. A lot of it because of something we haven't talked about yet, and that is—oh no, we did talk about briefly last hmm. week—the extra set of zeros the NCAA has placed upon the uh, extra jump three point. zeros. Yeah, the extra set. A set <laughs> and,
1: of zeros. I thought you said extra seven. Extra set oh, of zeros. Yes.
0: Yes, sure. and, and and so. Football is probably going to calm down for a little while. But that doesn't mean basketball has to because all of the basketball conferences are Division I and there is no moving up if you are certain teams. One of those, apparently, being Gonzaga. As they have... uh, Apparently, there's been some movement in the way of the Zags landing in the Big 12. It's really
1: odd to me that you would have institutions in, quote, Power 5 conferences on a sports-specific basis. And, I mean, Gonzaga doesn't have football. So...
0: Yeah, but they would be in all of the other sports. Yeah, uh, they'd be in everything
1: else, but I mean, still, though, they, they won't be in football, and I don't know. It just strikes me as a little odd. I think it's a great move for Gonzaga if it happens.
0: Yeah, I mean, you get, well, <laughs> is it, though? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you go from the West Coast Conference, and and, and you know, obviously playing teams like, San Francisco and and St. Mary's. Not that there's anything wrong with playing San Francisco and St. Mary's. I mean, mm-hmm. those are certainly you know solid programs. But now you got to play Kansas every year.
1: I and think Kansas from an State. Ex- I think from an exposure standpoint, it's beneficial for Gonzaga. Um,
0: well, I mean, they've they been have... a number one seed. That's that, that's for like seven times. <laughs> yeah, How much more exposure I mean, do you need? <laughs> I mean, you
1: know, there's a big fish, small pond type thing going on there, I think.
0: With I, the West I would Coast agree camps. with that.
1: And maybe, the, maybe they want to test themselves on a consistent basis, you know. Maybe they feel like they can get a number one seed out of the Big 12.
0: Yeah, I just... I, now, I'm I, not going to say they can't. I mean, I guess maybe doing uh you know, putting yourself in a better position for the tournament, maybe, because they've not had a lot of success, you know, deep in the tournament. They, they've they've mm-hmm. been able to get the Sweet Sixteens, Elite Eights, and a couple final fours, but because they've not been tested on a consistent not, basis. Right. Right. So maybe maybe you trade the number one seed for a deeper run. For a deeper run and potentially national championships. I think mean, that's okay. It's
1: pro- and I would imagine the West Coast Conference is not
0: as financially lucrative as the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously going to have, they're going to they're gonna be able to do more with their, you know, w- with their, their budget, mm-hmm. I think. They're probably going to be able to do more, better recruiting. Uh, they're probably going to be able to do more upgrades to their facilities. So, and, and look in the world that we live in right now NIL i mean if you can if you can compete facility wise then you know you, you still have to find NIL money and i think it's a lot easier to to find someone to promote an individual you know exposure wise mm-hmm if you're playing in three time zones versus one,
3: right?
1: Well, and I mean, you mentioned it. Besides San Francisco and St. Mary's, who else can you name out of the West Coast Conference?
0: Now, that's literally it. And I'm not even sure San Francisco's in it. I just, I'm pretty sure they are. I think they are, but I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but uh, to my point, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, kind of, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe. So I think it's I think it's an interesting move. I, I I think it's more interesting on the Big 12's part than than really Gonzaga's Gonzaga would say absolutely, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I don't really nece- I don't necessarily understand outside of, I, I, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what the, I'm not sure what the end game is in terms of how this helps the Big 12
0: because you're talking about the other side of Washington. I mean, I guess maybe you get some Seattle households, but not many.
1: Loyola Marymount, University of the Pacific, Pepperdine, University of Portland, St. Mary's, San Diego, not San Diego State, Right. San Francisco, and Santa Clara currently make up the West Coast Conference.
0: Yeah, I I mean, and as our friend Christopher Christopher Gabriel likes to say, you're going from playing in gyms to arenas,
3: Hmm.
0: and... I'm not sure how that's going to play out for Kansas. Do they want to go play in a gym? <laughs> We're going to need you to do some upgrades real quick. Second doesn't matter step, though. No, I, long term, I don't think it matters. I, I, I think I think you're getting a great brand, a great program, and you just you just kind of go. If you have questions, just say, look at UConn. I mean, UConn is kind of the the thing that I would really tout if I'm Big 12 folks trying to entice other Big 12 schools to bring Gonzaga in. Correct. Secondary top story, we do have a little bit of information that from the Associated Press, that apparently the Olympics in 2028 Los Angeles Games are delivering a proposal to put flag football in the summer games. And I'm just not okay. sure, I'm not sure what the end game is. Is this a another step in the trying to eliminate tackle football? Or, you know, I mean, I don't know.
1: I think flag football on an international basis is an easier sell than tackle football on an international basis. Now, are we talking men's, women's, both? Because, I mean, when I first saw that, I I just immediately thought of women's flag, but it seems that may not necessarily be the case.
0: No, I I think... Um, I mean, they they played in the World Games,
1: and they had both,
0: and they had both.
1: The U.S. men and remember, won, and the U.S. women lost in the championship to Mexico, according to this article on the Associated yeah, that was,
0: Press. That was down in Birmingham mm-hmm. during the last World Games. So I, I remember them playing it, and I don't see any reason why. I mean, I think you're right. I think I think you know you're already playing it in the world games. So other countries are kind of already doing it. Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's just, you know, let's try to capitalize on it and, and, and get people familiar with the game of football internationally, because that's only, look, the NFL, this is their, their entire goal is to be international at all times. And with NFL flag football that, you know, we have promoted on this show with, you know, with youth flag football, mm-hmm. it's, it's huge. And the NFL is, is actively trying to get youth, you know, into flag football. So another way of normalizing the game of football as a whole is to put flag football on an international stage. And the biggest international sports stage there is, is the Olympics. No doubt. And no better place to do it than, than in the United States. And maybe, maybe it doesn't work if if the games are, you know, somewhere else, but it works if you're in the United States. It's interesting.
1: It is. It it is and I'm interested to see, you know, where it goes. Uh I think a lot of people are, you know, always concerned with what we do and what we don't see in the Olympics and I think we'll hear some outcries as we discuss adding flag football, you know, relative to some other things that have been played and aren't any longer or can't get off the ground, that kind of thing. How, you know, how do we choose what we're playing and what we're not in the Olympics is always a fascinating discussion, I think.
0: It really is because you never know. You get some weird sports sometimes. I hate that they took softball and baseball away when they did, but you know mm-hmm. they brought those back for a time. I don't know that they're going to be back in 2028 or not. So oh, I'll be interested to see what lo- lo- what Los Angeles does sports wise should be, should be uh, an interesting next couple of years. I uh, assume mm-hmm. that they will announce those either right after the 2024 Olympics to give folks time to prepare for <laughs> the 2028 games, mm-hmm. one would think so it'll be interesting to see. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Ben Arthur joins us to talk a little bit about the, AFC South, so stick around here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions.
4: And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients.
0: Call 615-274-8698 today. Welcome back to Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this Top 5 Tuesday as we continue to kind of react to the weekend that was in sports and the NFL particularly, but also looking ahead to the rest of the season as we talk with Fox Sports Ben Arthur joining us here and excited to have you, Ben. What's up?
7: How you doing, guys? Good to see you.
1: Hey, good to see you, Ben. Ben. where were you this weekend
7: this weekend um i was at home actually i was at home yeah nice fox fox has me at home for the next couple couple weekends um so so yeah just monitoring everything from home
1: it's not necessarily a bad thing being at home
7: no it it is yeah it, it is nice in some regards especially like Knowing with the AFC South, right, a lot of their games are all in the early slot, right? And so I can watch all those games at once and see what's going on. So, yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing.
1: Which game were you paying the most attention to Sunday?
7: Uh, Titans-Colts. Yeah.
1: What did you see that you didn't expect there?
7: That the Colts beat up the Titans. That's that's what, what I saw. I mean, they're just the more physical team and, uh, and that it's usually the other way around, right. Entering that game, the Titans had won five straight against the Colts, um, by an average of uh, nearly or more than t- by nine points. So, so they, they weren't only winning, but, but they were in some cases dominating. Uh, they've kind of had their, their, um, have you know they've been able to dominate but not not this past week i mean these are a different colt this is a different colts team uh they have a very strong defensive front they have a great run game their o-line um is kind of starting to look like the way it did uh back in 2021 when when jonathan taylor had the year that uh rushing triple crown year and uh they, they just punched the titans in the mouth i mean it was it was as simple as that uh I think for me, it was just the, the biggest thing was just seeing how the, the Titans run defense, which has really been the best in the NFL for quite some time, uh, just how, how, how they were getting pushed around. I think that was probably the most shocking thing uh, about the game, um, knowing you still had Jeffrey Simmons in there. And I know T.R. Tart didn't play, but um, the way the Colts were able to dominate the line of scrimmage, uh, that was that was definitely surprising to me.
0: You know, Ben, this this particular division is an absolute crapshoot, and one of the things that makes it that way is quarterback play. Uh, you know, and and now that it looks like the Colts are probably going to have to do at least a couple of weeks, if not longer, with Gardner Minshew. Uh, are the Colts and I asked this yesterday to Terry McCormick but are are the Colts a a legitimate issue or a problem in the AFC South with Gardner Minshew at the helm because he's clearly been good enough to win three ball games
7: yeah no i i, I don't think the the Colts the, the Colts have zero the, their loss of confidence is zero i mean they're still even without Anthony Richardson this is a team that can win i mean and as i've said their formula has been has been the run game and it's been the defensive front they've been able to win the line of scrimmage i think that is in particular for for them that win in week 3 at baltimore a really crappy weather game we know how good baltimore has been historically uh, they they have a great defense the number 2 scoring defense in the nfl and, and the colts were able to win with Gardner Minshew playing start to finish. He has been, uh, he's perp- he, he works really well in Shane Steichen's offense. Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew are obviously very familiar with each other. They've been together every year for, for the past, well, this is their third year together. They were in Philly uh, together. And, and he, he just know, Gardner just knows this offense through and through. He knows his limitations. He, he knows what he can do you may not get that explosive uh scrambling ability or or that deep uh that deep passing game option that 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 Anthony Richardson gives you but Gardner Minshew knows how to find success within uh within the Colts offense and 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 we've kind of seen that come to fruition and so Um, I think in terms of being competitive in 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 the AFC South, I mean, the the Colts are still going to be right up there, even if Anthony Richardson has to be out for a prolonged period of time. I truly believe that.
1: Ben Arthur of Fox Sports, Fox Sports, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Um, Indianapolis. Probably the only team in the AFC South that gets better with their backup quarterback at this point. Is that that fair to say?
7: Yeah, I think, I think that's fair to say. Um, Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville, I mean, Trevor Lawrence needs to play for for them to have any chance. Uh, CJ Stroud is a special talent in Houston. They don't, they're not better with Davis Mills in the game. Uh, we, We saw what happened last year. I think he tied for the league lead in interceptions Davis Mills did. Um, And then in Tennessee, um, I mean, just because of experience and and what the the success we've seen Tannehill have in spurts, I think I I still feel pretty confident saying that he's a a step above Malik Willis and and Will Levis, even though I I think a lot of Titans fans don't want to hear that, but, but I think as of right now, that's probably still the reality. And so, so yeah, I mean maybe yeah, I think that that is pro- probably true, Mo. I, I think look, Anthony Richardson is is a special talent, and it's not like I, I won't say flat out that Gardner that the Colts have looked so much better with him in the game. I, I mean, I I think the Colts have still been really effective regardless of who's playing quarterback. I think that's a testament to what Shane Steichen has done, and and he's a great offensive mind. But, yeah, in terms of having your backup quarterback play, I mean, the, the Colts have by far the best situation um, with, with Gardner Minshew.
0: When, you know, Ben, when, when, when you look at the overall health of the AFC, where where does this Titans team as currently constructed land? And, and I don't want to – it's not necessarily a Titans question, more of a where's the AFC South, what is the hierarchy, but where where does the, where do the Titans land as they are currently constructed?
7: Uh, I, I mean, I, th- I think right now they're, they're probably just outside of the playoff picture uh, in terms of, like, overall talent, I, I think – and look, like, we, we – in spurts, like these Titans, they look really good in spurts. We've seen what they've done at home. We saw what they did to the Chargers. We saw what they did to the Bengals. Just dominate every facet of the game. Uh, if the run game is going, if the play action is going, and the defensive front is doing what we've known them to be able to do the last couple of years, the Titans can beat anyone anywhere at at any time. But that for whatever reason, they're they're just not very consistent right now. They, they don't really have an identity right now. Uh, and because of those reasons, uh, I would probably put them like just out on the outside looking in. Uh, I think J- Jacksonville is ahead of them. Uh, I would put the Colts ahead of them uh, at this point in time. And so, uh, so yeah, that, that's what I would say as of now. Um, I, I don't want to rule the Titans out because we, we've we've kind of seen what what they've done in the past. Uh, in terms of coming back from slow starts to the year. But, um, but yeah, right now this just isn't a team I, I have a lot of confidence in just because they don't have uh, really an identity, it, it, it seems, and for whatever reason uh, that they can't string together games.
0: I don't think there's any question there. <laughs> it's just yeah. – and and going to London just kind of throws everything off, right?
7: Yeah, it's going to be a change a change of pace for sure and and uh you know facing the Ravens, I I mean we know the the battles these two teams have had. It's going to be a tough battle. Uh, I think we we could it could definitely be a very much old school type of gritty game right like in the trenches uh win with defense, field goals, uh that type of game so uh
6: so so yeah
7: we'll, we'll see with the titans I, I think we we saw this like f- from the Jags' perspective being able to go overseas i mean their outlook of the season looks completely different it found looks like they've kind of found their mojo back so to speak that they, they're coming back to the states on a two-game winning streak we'll see if the titans maybe being away from home being being across the pond they can uh you know, find some lightning in a bottle, so to speak, and, and try to figure themselves out. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, this is, this is, this is not going to be an easy game but by any means. No game in the NFL is uh, in, in many cases, but when, when you look at the profile of the Ravens, the way they play and how these two teams have played in the past, this is going to probably come down to the wire, in my opinion.
1: As you look across the rest of the AFC South, Ben, you know, you mentioned CJ Stroud and what he's doing in Houston. Um, is there anybody that can, is it just Jacksonville and independ, uh, Independence. Indianapolis? Can Houston, you know, get some consistent play and make a move? I mean, has everybody improved except Tennessee right now in the AFC South?
7: Well, yeah, I would say all the teams besides the Titans seem to have improved, but but I would not say the Texans are a legitimate threat in the division. And, and I say that because they do not have a run game. Uh, They they struggle in the red zone. They do not have a run game. Damian Pierce, who we all saw like this bruiser last year fighting for extra yards uh, that that has not been there. Uh, We know that they've had offensive line issues, but this past week they had their, their tackles back, like their offensive line is getting healthier. And Damian Pierce still struggles. Like when it gets late in the season, when it comes to playing meaningful football games, if you cannot run the football, uh, I just don't see, uh, see you being a threat. And that's kind of where the Texans are. They, they, their defense is is improved by a lot of metrics. I mean, D'Amico Ryan's clearly deserves a lot of credit for that. C.J. Stroud has been fantastic, uh, but they cannot run the ball, and that that's kind of that was like their objective entering the season to kind of get the run game going to ease C.J. Stroud uh, it, into the NFL. But but it's been like C.J. Stroud like trying to set up the run game to find success in short yardage situations and and they they haven't been able to do that. They've had to like go away from the run game entirely just because they can't do anything. So um, that is why I don't think the Texans are a serious contender right now. I would say, uh, at at least as of right now, it's Jacksonville um, and and Indy for me.
0: Ben Arthur of Fox Sports here on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Uh, before we get you out of here, do you feel, do you feel the same today as you did at the start of the season with your preseason picks, or, or are you still sticking by them, or, or do you feel like some things have changed?
7: Yeah, well, I think in terms of preseason picks, I had Jacksonville as number one, and, and I still feel good about that. Um, I, I don't feel as good about my Titans. I, I think when I talk to you guys, I probably had them at number. I had them at number two. Um, the Colts, I think, have surprised everyone just in how competitive they've been and, and how physical they've been. Uh, just the way they've the way they're playing, like you could see them having success late in the season just because they win. They're winning in the trenches, and that's something I did not expect. Uh, and so, uh, so in terms of my my top prediction with, with the Jags that that's kind of been that's kind of come to fruition at this point but uh I, I'm not really sticking with my Titans pick I, I just don't have a lot of faith in them we've seen the product that they've put on the field uh and so my, my money is on the Colts as, as of as of now so um, so a little switcheroo <laughs>
0: yeah I, look I'm kind of with you I feel like the Colts. It's what I said yesterday. It's ironic that finally the Colts aren't picked to win the division, and now they might actually yeah. win the division. Like, yeah.
7: <laughs> <laughs> take it's funny.
0: take well, the uh, take the pressure off and and see what happens up in Indy. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you know, Arthur, when again, when you have more information, you
0: you know, yeah, take I mean, that, that into account and act
1: accordingly. Yeah,
0: is you know, uh, the last couple of years it was like based on what, <laughs> and and look, you know, you. you based on last year you kind of go yeah should be the jags or titans they were playing for a playing for the afc title in the last week of the season they they should be competing for the title and yet here we are so <laughs> it is it is wild as it it's interesting and you know as the afc south goes it could be who knows it, it literally it, it could be anybody the texans could go on a run we just don't know at this point it it yeah. really is wide open so Looking forward to seeing how it plays out and looking forward to talking to you again soon, Ben. Thanks for taking time with us
7: today. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, man.
0: We'll take a break. When we come back, MLB postseason talk right here on Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Y'all stick around. Zion Christian Academy, ZionEagles.org, or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's ZionEagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions.
4: And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients.
0: Call 615-274-8698 today.
1: Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. October 10, 1957, starting Game 7 on a now unheard of two days rest. Lou Burdett strikes out three and scatters seven hits in a complete game shutout as the Milwaukee Braves win 5-0 at Yankee Stadium for the World Series championship. Eddie Matthews' two-run double and a Hank Aaron RBI base hit in a four-run third inning would be all the offensive support Burdett needed for his third series win as the right-hander put up a 0-6-4 ERA and threw 24 straight scoreless innings in route to World Series MVP honors. That was this day in Braves history. That is nuts. Three starts in a World Series, twenty-four scoreless innings. I think Bob Gibson may have done it in '67 or '68, but certainly nobody's doing that today.
0: No. If if it could have been done, Zach Wheeler would have done it last night, I think. Uh, but but you could see that he was getting tired. Into the seventh inning, and Travis Darno made him pay. Yeah, he did. And you know, to the Phillies, to the Phillies' credit, manager, managerial-wise, you know, I, I'm probably not taking Wheeler out either. I mean, he's he had just struck out Ozuna on a ridiculous slurb that I don't know what Ozuna what Ozuna was swinging at, but. I mean, well, he,
1: he was swinging at something that wasn't a slurve was what he was swinging. at. Yeah. And, yeah. And he was,
0: he was, he was hoping it was going to be a fastball. And if it would have been a fastball, it would have been up and probably wouldn't have hit that either. But either way, you know, he, he looked great. 10 strikeouts on the night. Of course he had six through two innings. So through two innings. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and so he just, I don't blame him and, and look, you're still winning. You're up four three when you get out of that inning, so it's not I, like
1: I, I'm. I'm going to tell you that, you know, if you're a Philadelphia fan, you're probably wanting to blame this on somebody, but Philadelphia didn't lose this ball game. No, uh, Rob Thompson didn't lose this ball game. Bryce Harper
0: didn't lose this ball game. Braves won this ball game. Yeah, the Braves went and took it. They did what the number one overall seed should do. The Braves went to
1: the and and you know it's and that's just not a, that's not just us being Braves fans either. No, right? I mean I I feel and I said this last night. I feel a little bad for Bryce Harper because all that dude was trying to do was win a ball game. He saw no, that I, ball hit and thought I can score on this.
0: And 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 look and didn't
1: take Michael Harris into account.
0: Well, I, I, and and I don't know how many times Michael Harris makes that catch, to be honest. He got a phenomenal jump on it. I, I think someone said five feet better than average, which is insane. Hmm. I mean, if he doesn't get that kind of jump, it is off he the wall. He doesn't catch it. Yeah. And, if it's, and if, it's off the wall,
1: if, if it's off the wall, then Bryce Harper scores.
0: This is the thing if it's off the wall, Bryce Harper scores, whether or not he's rounded second. I I, I don't think it would have been even close if, if he's I don't standing think, but I mean, there's no way base, for him to know that. Sure. But I, I'm saying if he's standing at second base, I, I still think he scores because you gotta think it's, I mean, it's scoring position. So, I mean, it, it, and even if it's, even if it's close, it's close then it's a lot closer than getting doubled up I probably again it's like it's it's like you know after the game it was basically you know probably shitting around into the the base for sure and 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 look i mean hindsight 50 50 and all but but still i mean that that's it's kind of baseball 101 but again i don't blame bryce harper for doing what he did he Mm -hmm. I, i mean Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, that ball hits the wall. He scores. Game's tied. Now the Braves have to, and they've got a runner in scoring position with one out. Mm-hmm. Maybe a runner at third that a fly ball, you know, takes Makes the lead. Mm-hmm. So, so. I, I think the Braves just did exactly what the Braves were supposed to do. The Braves went and won the game, and and kudos to the Braves for doing that. I mean, it, it it took a little bit of, it took a little bit of everything to kind of get going. But I truly, at the moment for me that I knew the Braves had a chance was when Acuna made the play in right field just before he came up to hit.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, it it made it, he kind of made it look easy. But it wasn't an easy play to make, and when he caught the ball, you could you could see him getting a little fired up, getting a little jacked. And I and I just said to myself, "This is it. Like that's the fire that they need." And when this team's got a little juice in them, because I think they were a little flat-footed, you know, up to that point, and and because they were dejected because Zach Wheeler was dealing. Yeah. Well, I mean even even
1: before Acuña makes that catch, Acuña scored the first run on that single by Albies when um Trey Turner mishandled the throw in from the outfield and you know, Acuña making things happen with his speed there and doing it again like you said on defense. He was on base for um what for Austin's home run, I think mm-hmm. it was. And you know, he he was right in the middle of everything, both offensively and defensively, you know, throughout the night, everything good that happened for the Braves. So, you know, it was nice comeback. I don't know if the defensive play that he made was what I, I don't think I was comfortable, really, until Austin's home run. And I just thought that was vindication for the strikeout in his previous at-bat on a pitch that was never a strike. Not even close. And for all the folks out there saying, well, you can't take that pitch with two strikes, it was a ball. If he had swung at it and missed it, we'd have killed him for that.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And now, that being said, the Braves missed a lot of middle-middle pitches, so I don't think swinging at balls outside the strike zone is is the best idea. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think we're hitting balls outside the strike zone because we weren't hitting middle-middle 96.
3: So... I don't know that
1: there
0: was a lot of middle middle. There was some middle up. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I, before he hit the home run, he swung through ninety six down Peachtree. Yeah. I mean that was that's that's what got me more than anything. I was like, dude, ha, that's that's a pitch. You gotta and, hit that one out of here. And then and the again, next pitch, I'll, he goes he goes deep. So whatever.
1: And and I wonder again if that comes back to. Lost timing from the time off.
0: Well, that's exactly what he said, and and and, and I want to go back to that because we've talked to, we talked about it yesterday. I don't care that the Braves won last night.
1: Mm-mm. It does not change the fact that you know the top two seats are being punished by this format, and and it, and if and and you can say that we're crying. If you are a third through sixth seed who is still playing, uh, that's fine.
0: I would, I would but, feel the same way if the Braves were the three or six. Yep. I would say, well, clearly we're going to have a better option because, because we've, we've been, been playing. playing. Yep. I mean, They've got we to figure
1: the, that out. And I, mean, and I guarantee you the Dodgers feel the same way as they go to Arizona down to nothing.
0: Yeah, the Dodgers are, are, are and, and today. At and Baltimore
1: feels the same way. Going to Texas, down two nothing.
0: Yeah, they they go to Texas and they've got a lot. They they don't have much to look forward to down there. No, I mean it's it's going to be a tough road to hoe to get just to get back home. And I don't know that they do. I'm not. I don't sure know that they get, get back.
1: Of. I don't know that the Dodgers get back.
0: I don't think so. I mean, maybe the Dodgers don't have the pitching. The Dodgers, the Dodgers lost with their best pitchers on the bump. I, I don't, I mean, unless the Diamondbacks are like the Braves and can't hit, you know, middle, you know, mid pitching. Yeah. Dodgers might get swept. I think the Orioles get swept today. I think the Orioles lose today at three Oh seven.
1: That would be, I mean, that'd be so deflating, man. And, but yeah, I mean, again, you've, you've got to, you either got to expand the postseason field to eight teams or you got to make this division series, like you said, a best of seven instead of a best of five. Maybe that evens it out a little more. Maybe you shorten the wild card to one game. I'm not a real big fan of that, but, you know, maybe the wild card doesn't need to be more than one game.
0: I mean, we've played 162. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's
0: kind of the th- that's kind and of it's, And it's and that's got
1: to mean something. The regular season has to mean something and if you are the one or two seed
0: in this format, I'm not sure it does. If this is the way you want to do it, I'm going to say something and y'all y'all can come at me. I know you will. But 124. Shorten the season. Let's play the World Series on Labor Day and get out of here.
1: <laughs> you know, um, Teresa Walker was texting with me last night, and she said, "Shorten the season to 142, make this a seven-game series,
0: and and you know, NBA it." Yeah. Where the where the playoffs last three months? <laughs> if that's what you want to do, I I, I mean, it just feels it, it's it's frustrating because one, I. I it. I wouldn't care again. I don't care that the Braves won last night. I, I don't care if the Astros win the World Series and they're the, you know and they had a, a week off. Uh, none of that matters. The fact remains that it's it. There is an unfair advantage to continue to the lesser seeded teams. So, or buying by being able to continue to play. So it's it's just frustrating and you know. At, winning, winning a World Series is hard. It should not be easy. But it should not be easier for teams who did not perform as well in the, in the regular season. Otherwise, exactly. why play regular season? Because the way the schedule lined up, Zach Wheeler can pitch twice in this series and will pitch twice if there's a fifth game. Yep. We'll 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 probably talk about it tomorrow a little bit, Mo, but if you are Brian Snicker, who are you who are you starting tomorrow? Ooh. I don't
1: know. I mean the way Bryce Elder has pitched in the second half, I'm I'm leaning away from him. Maybe AJ Smith Shelver. Strictly as an opener, whoever goes out there to throw the first pitch is on a short leash.
0: If that's the case, then why not your all-star? Why not throw your all-star in the hope that he can do it? If he can't, what's the difference? The other the other option I have is that maybe AJ Smith Schawver is just so cocky that he doesn't understand the magnitude. <laughs> His youth yep. gets you know gets you through it.
1: There you go. Maybe you're just young and dumb and you don't know the significance of what it is you're doing. Um, it seems, and our friend at the Robertson County Connection. David Wilson texted me this. Um, Charlie Morton has been activated. Now, I don't know what exactly that means in terms well, of the playoff
0: you. roster. I can tell you what If it means, it means, it means anything. That, it means that someone has to be hurt in order for him to be activated. And mm-hmm. if you don't think that they will
1: hurt somebody,
0: that – that, that, The the MLB will require any and all medical uh, tests that take place. I'm just saying.
1: Well, I mean, if somebody smashes their finger in a locker or something like that, you know.
0: Well, I mean, I'm going to say this.
1: It's almost got to be somebody that you're not going to use the rest of the postseason, though.
0: Hold on. Max Fried's blister.
1: But if you take him off the roster for this series, I think they're He's also off for the eligible next.
0: for the next. That's correct. So, but I don't is think... Max's blister, it, I mean, is it legitimately a problem?
1: I don't think it's enough of a problem that you want to risk not having him for the NLCS.
0: I would agree with that.
1: The last I think, it's time, more, I think it's more like a Kirby
0: Yates or somebody like that. The last time that Bryce Elder pitched in Philadelphia. Seven innings, three hits, no earned runs, six strikeouts, two walks on ninety nine pitches. Well. The Braves won five to one in ten innings.
1: Well, if I mean, if if you know that, then Brian Snitker and and Alex Anthopoulos know that
0: as well. The last time he pitched against Philadelphia, the Braves lost six to five in ten innings after he went three and two thirds, four earned runs on three hits. So he walked five, struck out none,
1: and the. The first game that you spoke to happened earlier in the year than the second game, didn't it?
0: Before the All-Star break
1: and and after.
0: And then well after. Well I mean this after. is this was the day you know just September 20th. Mm-hmm. So, but it was at home. I don't know if that, that matters. Anyway, let's take a break. When we come back very quickly, we'll mm-hmm. have Terry McCormick and the Daily Titans update right after this. Time now to go to Terry McCormick for your daily Titans update here on main street sports today, powered by Zen sports,
4: Terry. Guys, it is your Titan insider daily update and it's powered by Zen sports. Like you said, Chris, changing the bonus game for the better. Well, Titans now are in preparation to head to London to go play the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, Certainly, whenever you make a trip across the pond, it changes kind of how you approach things and how you have to go about your business because you're making an eight or nine hour flight and you're playing at uh, what's going to be 8.30 in the morning local time. So the Titans have elected to go one way in this and the Ravens have elected to go another way in this. And it's going to be interesting to see which way pays off best on Sunday uh the ravens are already in london they got there yesterday they're going to spend the full week there getting acclimated to whatever it is that goes on over there the titans won't leave until thursday night uh after practice on thursday afternoon then they'll get there on friday they will uh, hope to sleep some on the plane and then try to acclimate and get in and out uh, within about that 72-hour window there from friday through sunday to uh sort of hope that they can uh, do i guess similarly to what they did the last time when they were over there they did lose the game on a, when a two-point conversion wasn't successful there at the end of the ball game but mike brable was pleased with all the preparation and the way that they went about their work both that week here in nashville and then once they got over to london he did say they would not be practicing in front of a castle this time though so there you go
0: well there you go any any injury news to speak of
4: well it's probably wait and see for a day or two the two guys to watch Artier Tart, who they really need back on that defense. Rable said yesterday he was hopeful that Tart would be able to go, but uh, we will see if he's on the field tomorrow. And then I'm a little less optimistic in the way he spoke about Traylon Burks. He said that he's hoping to get Traylon back out there to get him running some this week. But uh, as you guys know, there's a a long way between running and playing. Hmm. And uh, it would seem to make sense that if Burks is not close to being ready, Hold him out let him stay behind do his rehab work and then you got the bye week and then try to have him back when they take on the Atlanta Falcons on October 29th
0: with new wide receiver Van Jefferson
4: down in DA so are you calling
0: that one Uh, we'll see what happens I, I, (laughs) I would love to I'd rather see him in two tone blue but hey who am I what do I know Terry,
4: tell us about Zen Sports. All right. I will tell you about Zen Sports. Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee, and it's revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. You can earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with the code Main Street, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet.
3: The dragon here. I saw it. What? Like, no, they, they don't. There's no such thing as dragons. I swear, I saw it. It had a huge claws. Get out I'm of here. It had eyes as big as the moon. Come on, I'll show you. Wait up! <gasps> See that? We're almost there. Whoa! I told you so. That is a dragon.
0: Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yao and Maurice Patton here on this Top 5 Tuesday. Still to come, Top 5 Greatest Catches in Sports History should be interesting. There are a lot of them, and I am looking forward to counting down those for sure, but I'm also looking forward to the countdown to kickoff tonight. Hashtag Weekday CUSA Action, Middle Tennessee State hosting Louisiana Tech, and the Tailgate show should be coming up soon, where we'll get hopefully another delicious recipe, Mo. Hey,
1: yeah, what was
0: that last week? I forget. Uh, um, it was it was some sort of Alabama pecans, pecans, it, something it, another. It was yeah. it was it sounded delicious. It sounded uh, what we could hear of it.
1: Yeah, was wasn't there some white sauce involved with it too? Or
0: <laughs> All I know is it was. Uh, it, it was awesome to hear, and, and I, I can't wait to hear the next, uh, the next recipe that we get from the whatever cookbook that was. I bet there's somebody in the booth who could tell us what cookbook that was. As Chip Walters joins us, Chip, what's up, man?
8: see back, see back there, yeah, yes. we see back there, <laughs> uh,
1: goodness gracious, then, I think Just,
8: that recipe was uh it was like a, a pecan chicken salad That's,
0: yeah, I think it, I think it was
8: exactly pecan smoked chicken salad with some Alabama white sauce because that I, was that was the tie in with right. with jack it was the was uh, the alabama white sauce it was, was big Bob's uh white sauce from Decatur, big
1: Bob Gibson's,
8: yep, yep, okay, all right. Um,
1: so then is tonight's recipe gator bites or something?
8: Oh, did you, have you listened to it today? What's, what's the recipe today? Uh, JP's going to check and we'll have it for you when the segment's over. Oh, okay. All
0: right. (laughs) right. We'll be looking forward to it, but, uh, looking forward to tonight too, Chip. It's going to be a good one.
8: Should be a middle slight favorite in this one, just as they were last week. And I think, yeah, we see how that worked out. Well, it's true. I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, it all started with with getting kicked off the set with you guys uh, in the <laughs> afternoon,
6: and then it went
8: downhill from there. Uh, but uh, the uh, tonight, Middle's got to eliminate some stuff. They've got to eliminate, uh, they've got to eliminate turnovers, and they've got to eliminate. Uh, they didn't have that many penalties. They just had costly penalties and mm-hmm. eliminate big plays. So. I'm calling this an elimination game because you need to eliminate some things to to get a win. You know, the thing is, you watch the first half of last week, and uh, you're up 23-7 as it is, but you also should have been up 31-7 because you missed an extra point, Mm -hmm. and you drop an absolute deadlock cinch touchdown pass.
0: Oh, Just right through his arms.
8: Yeah, right through. Hit him right in the right in the three, right in his chest. Yeah, bad, bad it, well, pass. It, hit him in the hand. It hands. did
0: hit his face mask first. Chip, I, I was, it was, I was standing yep. right in front of him. If, if if that made a difference, I'm gonna yeah. give him at least that to fall back on. It hit his face mask first. Yeah, so
8: don't know what happened after that, that's that. another. Uh, you've got to eliminate. You've got to eliminate drops on on plays like that. Now you've got a, a Louisiana Tech team who comes in. Uh, three and four overall, but they're two and one in the league. And they have, you know, they, they, and last week, you know, I sat there and watched them. I mean, they're getting absolutely slapped around at home in the first half. Their game was just the opposite of ours. They made a huge comeback in the second half, cut it to eight, and then had the, or actually cut it to seven, and had the football uh, in their hands and a throw into the end zone to potentially tie the game at the end against, western kentucky who you know has has been as we all know has been very good uh it's interesting week in in the in the in the uh in conference usa tonight's game is interesting huge game down in jacksonville tonight down in jacksonville alabama uh as as liberty goes in there uh and so you know both uh middle and and louisiana tech keeping an eye on both of these games but know that they've got to take care. business themselves so uh middle's got some injury issues tonight and uh so they're going to have to overcome they could be a little thin in the defensive line and also at running back so those are two areas to keep an eye on tonight as uh, as tech rolls in here
1: chip as you say mtsu has to eliminate some things they also need to um create some things mm-hmm. particularly a
8: running game yeah, well, last week you know you look you look over the last three weeks, and Middle has rushed for over 120 yards each of the last three weeks, uh, and 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 you and so it, it's not uh, where it was in those first two games. But you also take a look at who you played those first two, and uh, but they have been serviceable enough in the run game to uh, to get the to get what they need done. But, you know, you can never – that's one of those things you can never have enough of is a good running game. Uh, You know, I think, you know, Frank Pizant was a little banged up uh, and didn't play in the second half against Jack State. Uh, So we got a good dose of flip cradle. And also toward the end, Terry Wilkins had the long touchdown run, Mm -hmm. and he's proven in the past that that, that he can uh, do some yeoman's work there. So, you know, guys that I'm going to be looking at tonight, you know, the ones who can answer the question, "What have you done for me lately?" Uh, that would include Holden Willis, the kid out of Greenback, who I think is fantastic. Uh, Elijah Metcalf, right now, leads the team in receptions with 31, uh, and also Justin Olson, in his last two, has had last two games has had 15 catches for 200 yards. So I think those three guys tonight. Uh, obviously, Nick Vadiato's got to have a good night. To go with those guys, but I'm I, I say those three uh, receivers in particular are guys that are going to need to have a big night for middle.
0: You know, Chip. Obviously, one thing they plenty of injuries to talk about, but also going to be without Trey fluellen in the first half tonight on defense, and that is a huge, huge loss. Mm-hmm. Going to have to make up for that early.
8: You were down. Were you, were you on that side down there in that area when that happened? What, what did you I think? Was. What did you think about it uh, from uh, real time, naked he, eye?
0: Immediately thought it was a flag, uh, and here's why: you could hear it. You could hear yeah. the helmet to helmet. Um, as I watched it, I thought, you know, I, he was diving, which is what most people call launching. He was trying to make a play on the ball. Fact is, the kid fell and yeah, his head he came had down. The helmet, helmet, yeah, it is what it is, and that's I mean, unfortunately, as dumb as we think targeting is here, it was textbook what they're calling targeting.
8: Right, it's
0: so,
1: textbook what they're calling targeting, but when the defensive players, what strike zone is that? What they're calling it changes.
8: Well the Kid again, kinda hung out to dry on that. As he was trying to make a play, he was he was aiming for the midsection.
1: Yeah. And that, the midsection became his head.
8: Yeah, exactly. Well, and
1: what's he supposed to do?
8: Yeah. I I know. He's again, supposed to go, go into the matrix sucks. right there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Targeting sucks. But as it's been called, it was textbook. Um, unfortunately and again, as I saw it happen, I you know, I kinda did the whole, you know, throw a flag type thing. And then I saw that it was 17, and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I was really <laughs> upset. I was like, that sucks because, you know, Trey, we, we hear it at Main Street Sports today love Trey Flewell because he was the guy who gave us our shout-out after media day.
8: Oh, that's right. He did. That's right. Uh, mine happened to have been uh, Keelan Rutledge, uh, right guard, and he, he, is, he is playing tonight. So I expect the <laughs> full 60 out of him this evening. So <laughs> There you go. Hey, one other thing I want to make make mention before we get done today and while it's on my mind, Mm -hmm. um, I I stopped by uh, Coach Ensel and his ladies were practicing a minute ago when I was over there. We're all very aware of what's going on in in Israel right now. And uh, two former Lady Raiders, Dar Sor, who is from Israel uh, and whose brother is in the military in Israel, and also Ksenia Maleshka, uh, they play on the same professional team in Tel Aviv. And uh, so want folks to keep them in their, their thoughts and prayers through all of this. Uh, Ksenia and Dar are both living at Dar's parents' house in Tel Aviv. And uh, in the last communication they had uh, with, uh, I think, with Matt Ensel, was that they were okay, they were battening down the hatches, and they were safe in, their parent, in her parents' home at the time. But uh, it's one of those things where, you know, uh, here we are in, in Middle Tennessee, and, um, and, and those things around the world have a way of touching us and making the globe just a little bit smaller.
1: glad you pointed that out, Chip, and like you said, um, thoughts are with those two former lady Raiders and, and their families and hope they can stay safe over there. Um, as you mentioned, basketball, we've got conference USA, no hyphen media day, Monday down in Huntsville. Um,
8: I was I hoping mean, to go, but it's, uh, in their, uh, wisdom, they planned it on a travel day in football. So, oh. <laughs> so we'll be traveling to Lynchburg, Virginia, on Monday, that's but, the wrong uh, direction. So I'll, no, I'll be uh, I'll be counting on you guys to to uh, have the good info. Well,
1: we'll see what we can do. We'll we'll see if we can get you some sound bites and that kind of thing. And yeah, um, you know, for us, we just talked to everybody last Wednesday that we would want to talk to down there. So uh, we'll hopefully they'll come up with some new material for us.
8: Maybe so, and and, uh, and i I would uh, hope you guys can track down some of the the folks there in Huntsville who are going to be part of the marketing arm and and promotion of the tournament of kind of what they have planned for fans who who make the trip because I think you know I think you 're going to have a lot of middle, a lot of Jacksonville State, a lot of western uh, even louisiana tech it 's an easy drive for them uh, you know I think all of those schools are going to you know have a, a refreshed look at it uh, at going to the tournament because. Hey, if they want to, you can go back and forth, but it's an easy ninety minute drive from here. So
1: and you know, as we talked to Coach Ensel last week to continue to pick on that sore spot for Chip, you um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's excited about that um U T game that, that they're gonna play down there at the Von Braun Center in December.
8: Yeah, he is and and uh and and he he is not shy about letting people know that that's that's going on and that uh and that he wants uh he wants uh more blue in the stands than than orange down there that night and he will do everything within his power to make sure that happens so that's going to be a fun uh fun night uh the middle they tried to work it out to play a double header with the men uh and the men in missouri state but it just could not get the date right with Missouri State, but uh, Middle and Missouri State are going to play the night before, here in Murfreesboro, and and then the women will play uh, Tennessee. I think that's on a Wednesday night uh, down in Huntsville to get that first look and first feel of the arena.
1: December 6th, it is yep. a Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, and basketball not that far away. October twenty seventh. Hey, here's how
8: here's how far away uh, basketball is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will play a real men's and real women's basketball game before we play another home football game. How about that? Wow. (laughs) Because we we play on the road next week at Liberty. Then we have 18 days off road game, November 4th at New Mexico state. Then on the 11th, we're at home against uh, uh, FIU.
1: So, and the women are at home on the sixth against Memphis.
8: Yep. And the guys are at home that night uh, as well. So, there's uh every both it's a, I think it's a I think that one is a doubleheader. We'll we'll have you uh, for sure information on that next week, but there there is one doubleheader in November featuring both the men and women at home.
0: And just doesn't seem real that we're this far. <laughs> I was thinking about it earlier that we're already 10 days into October and it's just things are just wild. I, it blows my mind, man. Blows my mind.
8: But yep.
0: It's are. about that time. JP, did you figure out what
8: the what, what the recipe is? Louisiana Cajun sliders with Andouille sausage. How about that? Okay.
0: That sounds delicious. That will be from
8: the deck chef Kent Whitaker. Okay.
0: All right, I'm, Kent.
8: Get
6: I, us
1: going. I'm good with that. A little Absolutely. andouille sausage is always a good thing.
0: So, yeah. Okay. Rarely have I had a meal with an andouille sausage that I did not like. Exactly. Hard to mess that up. But, uh, Chip, we appreciate it. Don't stop believing and have a good one.
8: That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> talk
0: we'll talk to you talk next to you. week. Good luck tonight. All right. Middle Tennessee State and La Tech tonight other college football action as well we'll talk about the Associated Press top 25 as well as those Tuesday night midweek games that not just CUSA USA tonight got a little Sunbelt action as well so we'll get into that a little bit right after this on Main Street Sports today presented by mid Tennessee bone and joint stick around <laughs> Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions.
4: And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients.
0: Call 615-274-8698 today.
1: Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
0: Welcome back into to Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, Chris Yowell. Mo Patton coming to you from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia and from far away. And from Cadillac, Cadillac Michigan. Cadillac. Cadillac. From Carnell Williams, Michigan. There we go. As, as we continue this Top Five Tuesday edition of the show, glad to have you guys with us as we are about to talk a little college football. A little more college football. We just talk some college football. But okay. the Associated Press poll. Uh, released on Sunday, we typically talk about it on Tuesday because we got so many other things to talk about on Monday. So Georgia remains number one, Michigan stays at number two, so a little bit of movement at three, four, and five as Ohio State and Ohio- and Florida State each jump a spot because Texas fell six spots. Meanwhile, Oklahoma up seven to number five, Penn State, Washington, Oregon, six, seven, and eight, and USC drops a spot to number 10 after their win at Arizona in overtime. How do you feel about that?
1: Multiple overtimes. Um,
0: yeah, had to go into know. the two-point conversion shootout, mm-hmm. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Which is stupid, by the way. <laughs> it's a dumb way to determine a winner.
1: So I guess USC was penalized for playing Arizona as closely as they did, basically.
0: You no, know, Oklahoma just jumped up. So Oklahoma jumped in forcing USC down unless they move Texas to 10. But I guess I mean if if you watch the two games you go yeah Texas probably better than USC maybe we put them there. Yeah,
1: yeah maybe so. <laughs>
0: that's that's
1: It's an interesting top 10 when you look at it because again as you've been saying all year I mean you've got what three Pac-10 teams in there: Washington, Oregon, and USC. Mm-hmm. You got um,
0: two big, three Big Ten teams. Three. And Pac- I think they've got the three Big Ten teams in the wrong order. P. And, and I think, I think your pick to win the Big Ten has consistently proven to be the best Big Ten team at this point.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, like I said, when I picked them to win the Big Ten, I I think it's about time that James Franklin does something in Happy Valley.
0: Well, he's going to get an opportunity here soon. <laughs> There's no question he gets. Obviously, they both got to play. Got to play Ohio State and Michigan. So it's kind of you know time to put up or shut up. And I I think they're going to put up.
1: I it, think they might be about ready to put up, but. You know, folks that folks that follow college football, or I don't know, are folks that follow college football surprised that there's only one SEC team in the top ten?
0: I don't. I mean, people who have watched SEC football this year probably not.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, again. If if Alabama's your second best team and and I'm not saying they are I'm saying that that's what voters think if they are well they've got to be outside they've either got to be ten or eleven because Texas is not <laughs> like they can't they can't be any higher than ten right because Texas beat Texas their eyeballs in
1: on yeah. the road in in Tuscaloosa no.
0: yeah so no. you know. I Again, though, there wasn't a whole lot of movement. The biggest movers of the week were uh, Louisville, who jumped up from 25 to 14 after their win against Notre Dame. And then UCLA jumped in uh, a win over number 13, Washington State. You know, they jump up to 18. Washington State moves down to 19. And, you know, Tennessee And Notre Dame
1: falls 11 spots to 21 after
0: that loss to Louisville. You know, Tennessee... Didn't move last week after winning. No, moved down. I'm sorry. Moved down one after winning. And now they move up three after not playing.
1: (laughs) Maybe that's the thing to do. Don't play.
0: So, you know, whatever. Um, It's, it just, you know, but uh, otherwise not a whole, whole lot of movement. Just Mm -mm. that, you know, It just seemed like a really interesting week. Alabama at 11, North Carolina at 12, and Ole Miss at uh, 13 after a seven-point win. I I mean, I'm not sure a seven-point win over Arkansas negates what happened against Alabama, unless they think that Alabama is just that good and, you know, a close loss to Bama, isn't worth penalizing someone for.
1: Uh, and I think that's it. I think they do think Alabama is that good. I think they, are, I think they also think that Arkansas is that
0: good. Which is, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about Arkansas. I can't, I can't, get, a, I can't get a read on mm-hmm. Arkansas. I think Sam Pittman's probably facing some hot seat discussions if things don't turn around. Because the fact is, they're not they're not winning the close ball games. They're losing a lot of close ball games.
1: What are they? Three and three?
0: Are they three and three? Or are they three and two, or two and three? I, that, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I don't either. Just but off I'm the top of it. my head, I don't know. Um, they're currently last place in the SEC West.
1: They are tied for last in the SEC West. They are two and four With
0: Mississippi state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, yeah, they I mean, their only wins were Western Carolina and Kent state lost by seven to BYU at home, mm-hmm. lost by three to LSU on the road. The A and M game got away from them late. I think, I mean, they were right in that thing for mm-hmm. most of it. And then a seven point loss to, to Ole miss it's, you know, you look at their losses and you go, Boy, this reminds me of, you know, Scott Frost, Nebraska.
1: That's not a compliment. Which is not a way. good
0: thing. You gotta you gotta win some of these close games.
1: Yep, yep. Just playing close isn't enough. And you know, you we talked about throughout the preseason that, you know, K J Jefferson and Rocket Sanders might be the best quarterback running back combination returning in the SEC and you can't waste KJ Jefferson senior year going, not going to a bowl game
0: and they're going to struggle. I mean, they're going to have to beat Auburn. Hey, they've got Mississippi, no, well, they have got Alabama, then Mississippi state at home. Then they go to Florida. Then they've got Auburn at home. They'll get Florida international at home, which should be a win. And then Missouri at home. So, they got to win their home games. You count FIU. You probably count. I think. I think Mississippi State at home is a win. I think at Davis Wade's probably a loss. I think being at home makes a big difference. Um, but I think Auburn's a toss up. I and think I Mississippi think that, State's a toss up. Well, again, that's I'm, I'm giving them the win because they're at home. Uh, if they're on the road, I think it's probably a loss. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the win and just say let's let's. But yeah, I would agree that it's a toss up. I, I don't I don't think you're wrong. I mean, you got to win that one. You got to beat Florida, bad as they are. And then you got to hope you win one of Auburn Auburn and Missouri. And I'm not sure that either of those are winnable. And they're both at home. It's tough. And if they don't go to a bowl, you gotta think that Sam Pittman's seat is gonna be warming up.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, is he on is he on coacheshotseat.com anywhere? Let's see. It's apparently coacheshotseat.com needs to know if I am a uh
1: They're top four. Oh, Jimbo Fisher. Hmm? Say so what?
0: Oh, this is great.
8: What? Can you hear this?
1: I don't hear anything other than you. Okay, well this is great.
0: Well What's either up? way, um I've got uh I've got I've got issues here with uh there we go. Don't go to coacheshotseat.com from my computer. What have you got?
1: I've got Jimbo Fisher, Ken Wilson of Nevada, Danny Gonzalez of New Mexico, and Billy Napier as the top four. Followed by Tom Allen, Dana Hogelson, Brent Pry, and Dave Aranda. Um and let's see. Sam Pittman is not in the top twelve. Okay. So for what that's worth. Um Nine through twelve are Butch Jones, Justin Wilcox, Jeff Halfley of Boston College, and Mario Cristobal. And we need to talk about Mario Cristobal.
0: I don't know about that. Come on now. I don't, I don't know where
1: he. I don't know if that's because of this past weekend or that's, what. That's
0: got to be recency bias, right? Well,
1: whatever it's because of. What's this? His second year at Miami.
0: Yeah, and they were in a <laughs> They were in a dumpster fire, Mhm, yeah, when he got there? Calm down, coach's hot seat. That's crazy
1: <laughs> so, but no, Sam Pittman again is not in the top twelve so Take that for what it's worth. The only coach in Arkansas on the hot seat is Butch Jones.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious by the way, um, yeah, I just you know. I don't. I, I. feel like. I feel like that's kind of. You know. I, I don't want. Well, I think. I think if they don't they make a bowl
1: it, game, then that changes, like you said, and yeah. they. They're not going to beat Alabama seven, and Tuscaloosa.
0: A seven-point win over Arkansas. I don't know how that justifies a move three spaces up in the AP polls. Is, is my point to all of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and certainly to still be above Louisville. I mean, who has Ole Miss beat that's better than what was top 10 Notre Dame? And Notre Dame being 21, let's talk about that for a minute. Their two losses are number three Ohio State. At home. Yes. But also undefeated Louisville, who you now think is the 13th or 14th best team in the country. And Notre Dame's at 21. It just goes to show that a lot of folks look at that right-hand number in the win-loss column when they're ranking folks.
1: Well, I I think, though, and and this comes back to a point that you've made on numerous occasions, you know, maybe Notre Dame was not worthy of their preseason ranking. And maybe some folks have overcorrected.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like they've beaten anybody other than yeah. duke on the road mm-hmm. and i think duke's pretty good i think duke's
1: pretty good but duke is know.
0: four spots higher than notre dame in the in the poll four spots
1: and they lost to notre dame
0: that's correct at home so so
1: it's an again, exact sign notre
0: dame at 21 what gives
1: well, yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's just you know, I, you
1: know, we of, may be in a situation, Chris, similar to something that we've discussed when talking about the women's basketball top twenty-five. There may not be twenty-five top teams.
0: They're 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 really, it. Everything past about 14, 14, even. I mean, hmm? Oregon State is maybe. Hmm. But Oregon State, Utah, Duke—we don't know much about. They beat Clemson, but that's it. Uh, you know, UCLA, Washington State—they're cannibalizing each other literally. Uh, mm-hmm. Tennessee—we don't really know if they're good or not. LSU—we don't know if they're good. Kansas is probably okay. We'll find out. Uh, Kentucky gets drilled by Georgia. Miami losing to Georgia Tech shouldn't have even been a, shouldn't have even been in a position to that a. Final play of the game would have lost you the game if you're the 25th best team in the country. So, yeah, it, it's just a crapshoot after about 14. Chris, mm-hmm.
1: is Florida not
0: ranked? Uh, no. No, Florida didn't even get votes.
1: Yeah, Okay. And it now, pains me to it pains me to point this out. Okay. But how how is Tennessee ranked at four and one in their one losses to unranked Florida?
0: Probably the South Carolina win. It's not like South Carolina was ranked, but mm-hmm. I mean I guess that's again, kind of the same thing. Missouri's 5 and 1. Shouldn't they be ranked over Tennessee? Based on based on what they've done. Mhm. I mean, I just I just saw a guy on, on Twitter who who listed his top 25 and he had Missouri at 25 and had just missed Tennessee was in his just missed category. And I think that's probably more accurate than mm-hmm. where Tennessee is currently ranked. They're mm-hmm. not beating anybody.
1: Nobody that they- any They've yes. certainly not beaten anybody that should have been a surprise. Now, I think right. a, I think an undefeated Tennessee would be top fifteen or higher, maybe top twelve. But you know that loss to Florida really kind of leaves them. And the still
0: mark. not necessarily worthy of it,
3: mm-hmm.
0: undefeated or not. So, I, I I mean, it just, it kind of goes to show that, you know, it really, from from 15 on down is kind of a throw them in a hat and see what you come up with. I mean, mm-hmm. right now, I'd probably rank Air Force before I'd rank, you know, Tennessee or Miami. <laughs> and, and by the way, not just, Wyoming ought to be ranked. Hmm. And their only loss is to Texas, the number nine team in the country.
3: And they just beat
0: your 25th best team.
3: Yeah.
1: I found an extended coach's hot seat ranking beyond the top 12. Uh huh. Pittman is at 17.
0: Gotcha. That's probably about right. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's probably moved up that list as this season has continued quite possibly,
1: but I'm not sure how realistic the top, the, the hot seat rankings are um, because at number 27 sits Vanderbilt's Clark Lee
0: with his six year extension.
1: Yeah. Not going to happen.
0: I don't know what, yeah, what constitutes being on a hot list or a, a hot seat? Mm-hmm. But if you search Twitter for Sam Pittman and hot seat, mm-hmm. there are a lot of a lot of Arkansas fans <laughs> who show up in your list. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Mo tonight jack state and liberty jacksonville state is a favorite in this game how much Um, hold on i'm getting there Um, i believe it's just three points middle tennessee state by the way a three-point favorite
3: yeah
1: okay Um, um
0: I'm sorry. It's, Liberty it's, is the money line favorite. They Liberty is a six and a half point favorite over Jacksonville State, ooh. according to BetMGM.
1: So, so Liberty is a six and a half point favorite on the road. On the road. Jax is a road dog.
0: Jax That's is a home dog.
1: Uh-huh. Excuse me. Yes. Yes. Jacksonville,
0: Jacksonville State a... a home dog tonight against Louisville or, or against Liberty, and and you know I don't hate that. I th- I think Liberty probably wins the game. Um, I think Liberty's probably a better team. I think last week they kind of got shell-shocked a little bit by Sam Houston. Jacksonville certainly can't afford to come out like they did the last two weeks and get Sam Houston in the middle of Tennessee State and expect to come back and
1: win. No, the if half. they get down twenty-three seven by halftime to Liberty, they're done.
0: I think so. Um so certainly can't afford that. Gotta gotta come out and play a little bit better. And and you know, who who starts at quarterback for Jacksonville State? That's the big question. Is it gonna be Zion Webb who, you know led the comeback against Middle Tennessee State, or is it gonna be Logan Smothers who led the comeback against Sam Houston? <laughs> it seems like whoever starts
1: the other guy.
0: The other guy does well. Yeah. So at this point, I think I'd just start my third string guy and then go from there. <laughs> that way both of them will play well. Right? <laughs>
1: It sounds like a pretty good problem to have, though.
0: It is, and, and you know, Rich Rod has said all year long. He said, you know, I feel like I've got two starting quarterbacks, and it sounds like he's really got two backup quarterbacks, <laughs> which is perfect because it's working. <laughs> and so, so there's that. I just, I, I'll be interested to see how it works because I, I think it's going to be a raucous crowd. I think, I think Jacksonville students, based on, you know, what I experienced when I was in school. Midweek games were always the most well attended by students. They're giving away a MacBook at the end of the third quarter to make sure students stick around throughout the entire game. And not they're just giving a away MacBook, a MacBook. Not just a MacBook. They're gonna they're gonna raffle off a parking pass that will get you into faculty spots, so you can park in faculty parking.
1: That might be more that might be more valuable than the MacBook because oh, I mean 100%. what what, col- what college student doesn't have a MacBook in 2023
0: There's that. So it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Um I'll be I'll be interested to see how it works out and how that how the crowd looks tonight at JSU and by the way Astros 4, Twins nothing into 2. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. The the Strohs decided, by gosh, we're going to go up to Minnesota and we're going to do this thing and be done with it. Um, also, tonight, Appalachian State playing host to Coastal Carolina. And, Ooh. you know, over the years, this has been a barn burner.
1: Little so, fun belt action tonight, huh?
0: Little fun belt action. App State, a five point favorite at home at Kid Brewer. And. I think that's probably about right. I think I think App State gets the win tonight.
1: Should be an entertaining ball game. Typically A two-game losing like streak,
0: by the way, for Coastal. Hmm. Yeah, they lost to so, Georgia State at home and then at Georgia Southern last week to the fighting Clay Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
0: So.
1: Chatter clears with their backs against the wall, huh?
0: Yes, they are. As yes, they go they on the are. road. Okay. Not a place you want to be on the road no, Kid Brewer. No, no, it's tough a tra- tough place to try to break a losing streak. No question. Let's take a break. When we come back, Top 5 Tuesday, greatest catches in sports history. Let's take a short break here, Justin, if you don't mind. We'll take a quick one and come back right after this on Main Street Sports Today. You've got that radio voice know It's a good sounding
3: commission. The radio too, okay. <laughs> as do we.
0: <laughs> and then here's the other thing: you guys, you're spot
1: on with the name. Everybody wants to be on Main Street. Everybody wants to be on Main Street.
0: So, and we reach every Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Coach? Yeah, that's it. So Perfect. when
1: you are on Main Street and you are moving, got to
4: love it. Like you're moving. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad oh, someone.
0: Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint. Time now for Top 5 Tuesday, our fine friends at Mid-South 5 Fitness, of course, and SteelAthletes.com, at SteelAthletes on Instagram, Thala Steel and the fine folks there. Let's get a draft order generated here via the Google random number generator. We will go with Justin first. Justin will be number one. I will be number three. First. I'm sorry.
1: I said Justin is first.
0: Justin is first. Mo, you will be number two, and I will take number three.
2: All right. Uh, I will kick us off with um, the helmet catch. David Tyree. Need I, need I say more? <laughs> nope. Yeah,
0: that's David funny. Tyree. That's that's a that's a great number one overall. No it question is. about it. It is.
1: Um, my number two.
0: Um, it's a tough one. To,
1: it, it is a tough one, especially with you picking behind me. Um, I'm going with the homeboy. I'm going with Jawan Jennings' as Hail Mary against Georgia.
0: Oh, the Dobbs nail boot.
1: Yep, there we go.
0: Okay, okay. Nice. Well, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go baseball, Willie Mays. That's a good one. The catch. That was on my list. Hi. Justin?
2: solid. Solid. Uh this one is um I feel like it just needs it has to be said if I if I d don't put it out now then I think one of y'all are grab it. Uh Odo Beckham. Odo Beckham yeah. uh, behind the head grab. Yep. It's a good one. Um now
1: let me ask, just just for clarity, Michael Harris's catch last night is kind of the gold standard, right? That's that's it's it's available if you want to take it. It's pay, available you take it. Well um I may at some point, but right now I'm going to go with Otis Nixon's catch in oh, 1992, the stealing um,
0: a home run from Andy Van Slyke. Yeah. God, that was such a good one. Um, I'm going to go to the other, the catch, Dwight Clark mm-hmm. from Joe Montana.
1: Very good. Very good.
2: Justin, number three. Um I'm going to go with um against my better judgment here, but it just wasn't a amazing, amazing catch. Wasn't well, so pretty, but Julian Edelman's catch to extend the drive uh versus the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Oh. That really weird catch he did with his fingertips. That's anything Patriots
1: Falcons I've kind of put out of my mind, so
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Yao, or or is it me? It's me, right?
0: Yeah, you're number two.
1: It's okay. So, with my third pick, I'm gonna go with Kevin Mitchell's catch down the left field line when he was with the um, San Francisco Giants. It was a pop fly, uh, pop fly down the line that he got twisted around, but he wound up catching barehanded. That's my number
0: three. Oh, thank goodness. Um, my number three, Tyrone Prothrow. Southern Miss. Catch mm-hmm. on the back of the jersey. Yep.
2: Tis a good one. JK? Um, One of my favorite catches I got to see live was Ben Roethlisberger to his Centennial Homes at uh, the corner of the end zone. Against the um, Cardinals. It was the the best toe tap I've ever seen in my life.
3: Hmm. All right.
1: My number four. Recency bias, maybe, but I'm going with Michael Harris's catch last night. Under the circumstances.
0: Well then, my number four is gonna be Bo Jackson. It's a good running one. up the wall.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: all right number five Justin.
2: um number five you know i gotta bring in a little titans little titans magic here um just the the wherewithal of kevin dyson to catch that ball from frank wychek mm. i mean it's just like it doesn't seem like a very difficult catch but just to under the circumstances, though, you know, yeah. Like R- and yeah. Neal giving it to Frank Wycheck, mm-hmm. and then Frank w- a lot of things had to happen for him to be like, oh, my tight end is throwing me this ball. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's,
2: that's not bad. All right. All right, that was your number five, right?
1: Your number Correct. five. Though. My number five. Ooh, and I got options. I'm going to go with... Because the other one predates either of you, I'm going to go with Jim Edmonds diving toward the outfield wall, laying out to make a catch. Um, I think he might have been with the Angels by that point.
3: but
0: Yeah. Jim Edmonds. All right. Well, Mr. Irrelevant, <laughs> I'll tell you... <clears throat> this one may go down as the greatest catch slash non-catch in all of sports history and that is the immaculate reception john or Franco <laughs> harris from terry bradshaw to give the steelers the win over the raiders
2: solid number five
0: yeah that's a pretty good number five <laughs> That's that's pretty good.
2: I, I had
1: on my list Lynn Swan's catch in the Super Bowl from oh, yeah. Terry Bradshaw, where he tipped it to himself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but um,
0: yeah. And also on my list, and don't I'm glad you're not in the same building as me, but Kirby Puckett Game Six. I, great catch!
1: I could not, I could not, and but it was you know, a great
0: catch. I could and not it acknowledge. Probably won them the World Series.
1: I could not acknowledge that catch. Uh,
0: he that, that probably catch. won them the World Series, losing. Of course, the Braves lost the World Series due to it, but I mean, you can't deny the, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that it was a great catch.
1: Yeah,
0: uh. Unfortunately.
1: I, I I can't deny it, but I don't have to acknowledge, acknowledge it. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, look, yeah. I I'm, I'm with you, man. I I'm right there with you on that <laughs> I,
1: one. I'll tell you another one, Calvin Johnson when oh, he was at well, Georgia Tech. That's
0: when, when he was that's at, when he made his money.
1: Mm-hmm, that, absolutely.
0: That one-handed catch. That was, was when he
1: of, that was kind of his coming out party right that there. That
0: was the day. That, yeah, that, that people knew that Megatron was real. That
1: was, that,
2: that was when Megatron was born, right All-time nickname for wide all yeah. time. <laughs> all a wide receiver. All-time.
0: Absolutely. Maybe all-time nickname mention. for just in general, like forever.
2: Right. So. Anytime uh, Ken Griffey Jr. robbed a home run. Oh, talk and, about swag. And that's
0: the thing. You know, with Griffey, you just kind of have to say Griffey. Like, he mm-hmm. right. did it so much. So
1: many times. Yeah,
0: it's like. Mm. Pick I one. Mean, Gosh, yeah. Right. So greatest catches in sports history. That was that was a really that was a lot broader and I think it, it made a, a better draft. So mm-hmm. appreciate you guys hanging out with us today. Tomorrow I will I will not be alone, but I will be uh Sans Mo as he travels yeah. back from Carnot Williams, Michigan. Yeah to come
1: hopefully I'm coming back to warmth. Tell me I am.
0: Uh ish. <laughs> I mean I think that's that's relative. Mhm. Uh, high. It is. Seven, the high is seventy-five tomorrow. The high is seventy-five tomorrow. I'll take that. Oh, no doubt. Sunny and seventy-five all day, every well, day. The high all week long: seventy-five, seventy-eight, and seventy-seven. So. Well,
1: the high tomorrow here is forty-seven.
0: Congratulations! You'll be back in warmth tomorrow. That's
1: what I'm and talking we'll about.
0: Have you back in studio as well on Thursday tomorrow? It's going to be a lot of fun. Heather Williams is going to join me, and we're going to have a hodgepodge of great guests, so make sure to come back with us on Main Street Sports today, presented by me at tennessee Bone and Joint at 2 o'clock for Braves Chatter and NASCAR and all the other things right here on Main Street Media TV. Until then, we'll see you next time.